Praise the Lord. We welcome you out to our live broadcast today, being May 16, 2021. Shall we pray? Our Father and our God, thank you for today, for the week. Thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ, your Son. Thank you for the Holy Spirit you have given us. Father, we pray, Lord, as your word goes to your people and to those who become your people, my Father, my God, that they will return to you that which you have proposed. We plead the blood of Jesus Christ upon this place and on every place where this broadcast is being watched or listened to. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Our instrumental today is taken again from Brother Khaled Brassi. We acknowledge and thank him. Today's topic, do you love your children? This is for those, whether you have children or not, it doesn't matter. Because you, we pray and believe God you want to have children. If, even if you're a young person, you want to marry and get children. So this message is for everybody. It's also for unbelievers. The reason for unbelievers is because if you love your children, we believe you will accept Christ as Lord and Savior. So you'll be able to teach your children the way of the Lord. Otherwise, on that last day, you will also be ending up in the lake of burning fire with your children. What a sad day. We pray it will not be your lot, whoever hears this message in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The outline. God wants you and I to bring up our children using the values of his kingdom. We shall look at Abraham and Isaac, and then Eli, Samuel and their children, and then what to do going forward. God is looking for those who believe his word, and who study his word, and who act on his word, and who live according to his word. Number one, God wants you to bring up your children using values of his kingdom, not the world's values. First scripture, please. I read from Proverbs chapter 1, verses 7 to 9. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. My son, hear the instruction of your father, and do not forsake the law of your mother, for there will be a graceful ornament on your head and chains about your neck. Praise the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fear means awful reverence in this context. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. So who's going to give the wisdom and instruction if not parents to their children? I doubt whether any spirit-filled believer would want her children or his children to end up in a lake of fire. Yet, Many are not preparing their children using the values of the kingdom of God. They are bringing them up in the way of the world and expect an outcome that will not reflect world. No. What you sow is what you reap. What you plant is what you bring forth. Questions you and I must always ask ourselves. Is love giving children 
things or preparing them for the rest of eternal life. Those who love their children desire nothing more than to have them inherit eternal life. I would, have, I would think so. If you truly love your children, that would be the first purpose. They would rather incur their children's wrath and see them in glory than pander to them in this world only to see them on that last day being cast into the lake burning with fire. But there are many believing parents who are bringing up their children in the same way that unbelievers are bringing up their own. They are not doing it right at all. Then there are others, and that will be where most people belong. They mix up things. They take from the world their values. They take from the kingdom some that don't conflict with the world, remember? And bring them up. They are confusing their children. Children need defined structures. They need to know what is and what isn't. And as they grow, you can need to give them more explanation. That is how growth comes. they differentiate what is good and what is bad if we are bringing them up with both the world and the kingdom values so they grow up confused they choose what suits their purpose at the time Many Bible-believing parents don't reprove their children when they do something wrong. They want their children to love them. So they are about disciplining them. But I want to assert there's a reason God bless you hearing my voice with those children that you have. Or those that you have if you are not married. Or married but expecting. And he expects parents to nurture them using the scriptures. To inculcate the values of the kingdom. He's going to hold you and I who are parents and those who become parents accountable for those children if we fail to do our duty while the children are under our roof. So if you parents should be the ones teaching their children the scriptures. You can't contract them out to building school churches. No, even when they go there, they come back from the Sunday school or whatever they're teaching, you should still have your family fellowship and ask them what was taught, hear what the teacher told them there, and then be able to correct them using the scriptures or affirm what they heard. You cannot depend on anybody to do that for you because you are responsible. The first church is in your house. The first church is in your house. The last church is in your house. Parents must inculcate scriptural values, which are kingdom values. 
Under the Spirit's direction, no matter the pressures in the society, which your children will come back to report, see how these ones are being given this or that, or asked to do this, you should be able to bring them and let them know that those are unbelievers or they are backsliding Christians. You don't have to use such words, but you know what to do. You know and see it and let them know that there are two values in the world, the world values and kingdom values. You are bringing up in the kingdom values. And that's the reason why you behave the way you behave. You act the way you act. You do the things you do. You teach the way you teach. Praise the Lord. But of course, there's no point talking to them if you're not living in accordance with biblical principles. So you must show by example what it means to be a child of God. The law of the world is very tempting. Many young persons want to belong. That means your young children. They want to be approved by their peers. And in today's world of smartphones, the internet, the Facebook, the Instagram. Narcissism is now the article of creed that many unbelieving children are there. Unbelieving children have joined them. The mindset of worldlings, that's what I call those in the world, is to have things, houses, cars, clothes, toys for children. Whatever is the gimmick that just come, came out. That they can show off to others. See, they are not content to having them, but they need to see others to see that they have them. Because their happiness depends on knowing that others know that they are doing very well or that they have those things. That's the mindset of unbelievers. That should not be the mindset of believing parents. And therefore, their children. So if you love your children, bring them up using the values of the kingdom. Do you must encourage your children to be the best even when they go to school that they can be or when they start working they must be the first to come to work and work very diligently you must continue to emphasize to them that they must uphold biblical principles in all their dealings with believers and unbelievers that they must never compromise their faith on that last day I pray not. But if people don't take time, many believing parents will weep because they fail to teach and prepare their children. Because the rest for children is when they leave your home. That's when the rest, whether you really know whether they're Christians or not, whether they're believers or not believers. So you don't want to weep on that last day and say, oh, I should have done this, I should have done that. The time to do that is now. Then if the children choose a different path, on that day you just know that you did your best. As long as the Lord Jesus Christ comes to wipe the tears off your face, you will know that you really did good. But what could you do? You couldn't force the person. Because every child also is a free agent, has a free will. But the question will be, while they were in your home, did you do the best that you could do? By teaching them right? By living right? By constantly pray for them. We are going to look at examples of biblical figures. One who did great and two that failed and the consequences in biblical history. Abraham and Isaac. 
As many of you know, Isaac is the son of Abraham, or was the son of Abraham. I'm sure he's still his son. First, the next scripture, please. Genesis chapter 18, verse 19. I have singled him out so that he will direct his sons and their families to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. Then I will do for Abraham all that I have promised. Praise the Lord. God already knew Abraham would be a great father. And God already gave that testimony even before Abraham was tested. Shall we now look at the next scripture, please? Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 to 3. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Praise the Lord. I'm sure we all know this story. How Isaac was conceived when Abraham was old. Abraham and Sarah. And this day God wants to test Abraham and ask him to go and sacrifice his only son. Next scripture please. Genesis chapter 22 verses 9 to 10. Then they came to the place of which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Praise the Lord. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Praise the Lord. I want you to see what has been underlined. Abraham bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Meaning Isaac was compliant. Isaac was obedient. Abraham was an old man more than 100 years. I mean, Isaac could have escaped from him. I could to emphasize this whenever I bring this story. Because it teaches us a lot. That Isaac did not escape. That Isaac did not protest. Must have stretched his hands. And allowed himself to be bound by his father. Shows us that Abraham taught his son well. Isaac was a great and obedient child. Why? His father taught him well. His father taught him to love and fear God and that God must be obeyed in all matters. So if God says this is what he wants, then that must be it. Meaning, the values that God has inculcated must be upheld. If he says go and do this, you have to do it. So if God told him that God wanted his life, that's Isaac's life, who is he to refuse? After all, he knew that he was conceived in old age. So if God wants to take him, that's okay. He had the fear of his father and of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Next scripture, please. Genesis chapter 22, verses 15 to 18. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham 
a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore and your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Praise the Lord. It was not only Abraham who obeyed God that day as he also obeyed him. So it's not accidental that in all the scriptures God speaks of God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Jacob will be the son that will come from Isaac. Isaac was an obedient son. And so God blessed him as he was blessing his father Abraham. Children, if you are young and you hear this someday, remember, when you obey your parents, there's a blessing for it. When they ask you to do something right, not when they ask you to do anything wrong, but the living parents should not ask their children to do something wrong. Always remember, if you want God to bless you, it starts with obeying your parents. It starts with living according to the scriptures. It starts with obeying the, imbibing the values of the kingdom of God. Praise the Lord. Next, Eli, Samuel, and their children. That's the counter of this. Eli was a priest in Silo. He left his children, Hophni and Phinehas, to make a mockery of God in the same manner. Many believing parents allow their children to make a mockery of the gospel of Christ. If you're a believing parent and your children are doing something bad in the society and you don't call them to order, you have failed and God will ask you for their blood because you're the watchman or watchwoman over them. These two children, or who are now adults, Hophni and Phineas, were priests like their father, or should have taken over from him. But they were making a mockery in the matter of the sacrifice. They go there and dip the thing in there and take what they shouldn't take, what belonged to God. The scripture please. First Samuel chapter 2, 17. Therefore the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord. For men abhorred the offering of the Lord. Praise the Lord. If you believe in parent and your children are in the society making a mess, are you aware that they are really working against the gospel of Christ? Think of this Sophie and Phineas. Why God was so angry that he allowed them to be killed in the battle. Think about that. So if you are an indulgent believer, take note. Remember God punished Eli and his children. His children died in battle the same day. And Eli had, when Eli fell down and died, when he had the news of their deaths. And as someone who has no relation to Eli, inherited a priesthood at Shiloh because Eli failed. And God said, never again from his line will there we have a priesthood. And he fulfilled that in subsequent uh, texts. That's a lie. 
He fell with his children. He cautioned, but he was not. What do I think he should have done? I think he should have removed them from being priests and banned them from the, the place. He should have taken action, not just talk. So when your children are doing something that is not right in the society, because you are a pastor, a Jew, or whatever you think you may call yourself, you, you absorb this thing and try to cover up. God is there watching. And when the day of judgment comes, you'll be held accountable. I'm just stating scripture. I'm not the one. I'm just, I take note and I try to also advise myself. So don't take it too hard, but I need to advise you. Praise the Lord. Let's scripture, please. First Samuel chapter 3, verse 13. For I have told him that I am about to judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knew, because his sons brought a curse on themselves and he did not rebuke them. Praise the Lord. That was what happened in the matter we just discussed. God did one. Then next scripture, please. First Samuel chapter 8, verses 4 to 5. Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, You are old and your sons do not follow in your ways. Appoint for us then a king to govern us like other nations. Praise the Lord. Sadly, Samuel, who took over from Eli, his own children did not follow in his footsteps. Samuel was a man beloved of God. He was a great priest of God. He heard from God. He spoke. Yet his children did not follow in the father's footsteps. Had they followed, I contend that the children of Israel would not have rejected theocracy at that moment and asked for a king. Because once the moment they asked for a king, they were saying, God, we don't want you because the people that are supposed to be hearing from you are as bad as ourselves. So why should we continue hearing from them? Remember their father Samuel was a great priest, but his children failed. So because of that, Saul was selected king. That was the primary reason. Look at the consequences that took place. Shall we go to the next item? What to do going forward? Having had all this. Don't say I'm not married. Or I don't have children. That my children are all grown up. Because even if your children are all grown up. It's still, you should still continue to speak to them. Pray for them. And continue to advise them. If they have fallen away from the faith. Parents have a responsibility. Till the day they see the Lord in glory. Or the day he calls them home. And if you're married, I ask you, don't you have young nephews and nieces that you can make up time to be visiting the family and be teaching them? And if your children have all grown up and you know you did not inculcate kingdom values because nobody really told you, you can still make amends today, prayerfully. You should call your children. Even if they are now 60 years old and you are 90 or 100, confess your failure and tell them the truth of the things you should have done. The compromises you made that they would have observed you doing as a parent, which is contrary to the scriptures. Confess to them because peradventure, your confession to them may make them amend their ways. 
And even if some are not following the Lord, you should still call them and ask for their forgiveness. Yes. When you do it prayerfully, you never can tell. God may use your confession to bring them back to faith. You owe it to yourself, to God, and to your children. And if you are an unbeliever, <laughs> please, you don't want to end up in the lake of fire with your children. Why don't you repent to accept Christ as Lord and Savior? And when you do, you'll be able to call your children who are unbelievers and say, Look, I've accepted Christ as Lord and Savior today. Can we pray as a family and start walking as the God leads us? Can you imagine what glory it will be on that last day? When you, after hearing this message today, repent. And through that, your children repent. What a glorious day to be in the kingdom. And that day will be very, very, you'll be so happy that you don't have to shed tears watching your children entering the lake of fire. Or you and them going to the lake of fire. Praise the Lord. It is important, my brothers and sisters. Why this was there in my heart? Because many parents have abdicated their responsibilities. I'm talking of Bible-believing, spirit-filled believers. In the just for the things of the world, they forgot what is essential. They forgot what God's first child to them is. To bring their all their children just like Abraham brought up Isaac. Any other way is wrong. There are no two values. Only one value for children of God. The kingdom values. And the scriptures is the place where you find them. You can't mix them. Mixing them doesn't get you there. Neglecting them doesn't get you there. And say, well, the soul that's not shall die. Only you. But the children were under your tutelage. You are supposed to have brought them up in the love and fear of God. How about you think God will not ask you that question that last day? We're going to sing a song. Titan, I'm so glad Jesus lifted me up. And I'm so glad he lifted you up. And we pray that those who have not been lifted up will also be lifted up by this message. I'm so glad Jesus lifted me. I'm so glad Jesus lifted me. Singing glory, hallelujah, Jesus lifted me. And I want you to join me and sing this same hallelujah. So that Jesus can lift you and I and your families up. I was sinking down. Jesus lifted me. I was sinking down. He lifted me. I was sinking down. He lifted me. Singing glory, hallelujah. Jesus lifted me. Satan had me bound. Just as had many of you bound. But Jesus lifted us up. He had many still bound. Pray that he will lift them up too. And as he lifts you up, if you are hearing my voice today and repenting, sing glory, hallelujah. Jesus has lifted me up. I'm so glad Jesus lifted me. And you should be so glad he lifted you if you're a believer. And if you're not a believer, join so that he wants to lift you up. 
So we all together sing. Glory, hallelujah. Jesus lifted us up. Praise the Lord. Our Father and our God, blessings, glory, and honor belong to you. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, for dying for us on the cross. And through that lifted us up, broke the chains of sin and darkness in our lives, and took us away from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God. Thank you, Father God, for accepting us. Thank you for this message, dear Holy Spirit. May every parent who hears this, Lord, make the necessary changes, O oh Lord. Help them, Lord, give them the courage to do the right thing. And those who have not known you and them, Father, at the end of this message, may they also, because of their children, if for nothing else, turn their lives around. Lord, your God, break the yokes of bondage in their lives of those who have not known you. With this message, let the bondages be broken. Let their eyes that have been closed be opened. Let their ears that have been stopped be unstopped. That they may embrace your son Jesus at the cross so they can be lifted up. So that the chains of darkness will no longer envelop them. Father, you are God. I give you all the praise, all the glory and honor. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. By his grace we see next week. We please ask you to continue to pray for us. Pray for this ministry. That's all we ask. Continue to intercede for us. So many more can come into the seven knowledge of Christ. And as you do, may God continue to bless you all in Jesus' name.